Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. I'm so glad you're joining us here today because this is going to be fun. I'm here with uh, Sherry Balul, and she's uh, just one of the kindest people I've ever met. And I just, I love her book. She has, I'll show it to you here. Say it now. And that's something we all kind of need to learn, I think, (laughs) because we have the opportunity in life to raise people up so many different times. And a lot of times I I know I have said, oh, I wish I would have done something about that. or I wish I would have done something then. So she has this whole book of all these wonderful things that you can do to help people smile and and be happy and have their best lives too. So welcome, Sherry. Emily, hello, hello. Thank you for those kind words. I love your book too. So mutual admiration society. That's cool. (laughs) Can you tell my guests a little bit about you and, and why you wrote this book? Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, I like to start by saying, you know, my my company is called Simply Celebrate. And a lot of times when people hear the name of my company, they think like, oh, yeah, you must be just one of those like naturally happy people who, you know, balloons coming out of your closet. <laughs> I always like to start off by saying nothing could be further from the truth. My, you know, years on this planet, I, I just think, you know, something in my genes or some way that I made up, it's like I've had a lot of depression and anxiety and celebration has actually been my spiritual practice in order to help me overcome a lot of that, you know, and I, I was telling you before we went live that I love the name of your podcast, right? Because grief and happiness, I often will say that celebration and sadness are two sides of the same coin, you know, and I do, I do really believe that, you know, the more that we allow ourselves to feel anything, the more we can feel everything. And so part of celebration for me is really, and you talk about this in your book, you know, it's really the breadth of feelings, you know, celebration. I don't see it as just like happy. I see celebration as really um, being present to who we are and really loving ourselves and our lives, no matter what. Oh, I think we're kindred spirits. I know. (laughs) I know we are. (laughs) Uh, I just, uh, I was looking through your book uh, again and uh, thinking of of cool things that I just came up with in my lifetime. And I thought I should, I should be writing them down someplace so I can remember them to use for something else or to, to do for something else. Like my mom and dad, I was fortunate enough to have that be able to celebrate their 50th anniversary with them. Oh, and that was so special. And I wanted to make it really special. So I made them a memory book. And I wrote every person that we invited and said, please send me something to put in this memory book. Oh, yay. So it would be great if you'd write it, if you wanted to send a picture of you with them or whatever it is that you want to send, send it. And it was amazing. I just couldn't get over it. It was really thick. <laughs> it oh, was Emily. 
I, you know what, that's actually how I started my business doing those four people. I call them celebration books, but it's Mm -hmm. exactly that. Like really combining because when, when someone gets to see the impact that they've had on all those different people in their lives, I, I can only imagine that book must be their most prized possession is my guess. Yeah, it, it was. I've got it now, but oh, they, yeah. they oh, really they're no did longer appreciate here. it. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, and, you know, I didn't have a chance to say, and if I could, just because this also relates to your book, which is that my book, the reason my book is called Say It Now is because all the years that I have gone to memorials and to funerals and people tell the beautiful stories and appreciations and they put the photos and there's so much love and appreciation which I love. And I I really, you know, it's great to be in that, that environment, but I would always say, why don't we say it now to them when people can hear it? Why aren't we saying these things now? And that's, that's where the title of the book came from. And I know you've got some writing in your book about regret. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like one of the ways that we can, of course, you know, we might always have regret over different things, but one of the ways that we can most not have regret in our life is by always, always, always telling people the impact they've had, why we love them, when we're thinking of them, when we're having memories about them, when we see a gift they've given us and we're appreciating it all over again. Like, say it now, say it now, say it now, don't wait. Absolutely. that That's just so important. I know I've, I've had two husbands die and Jacques was the first one. And I was in no shape to do anything towards his celebration. It had been a long two years and I was totally exhausted. And my friends just came in and kind of took things over. And we had a a live theater and that was, uh, always had been a dream of mine, but we we had it for for seven years where we had a a school of arts. We did live performances of both musicals and, and just regular plays. We had a um, cafe and a catering company, <laughs> and we had a, a art gallery in the lobby. So it was it was a big deal, and it was really beautiful. And two years before Jacques died, I was just at the point where I was having to spend so much, not having to, I was choosing to spend so much time with him. And being at the hospital with him, I was like doing payroll on my computer, sitting next to his hospital bed. <laughs> wow. I, it was just getting to be too much to me. So I was fortunate enough to be able to donate the whole thing to a nonprofit society that we had created or association we had created years before to make sure that anybody who wanted to take classes there could come, whether they could pay for it or not. So that was just perfect. After he died, everybody said, you've got to have his service there because the the theater was still running. And so I said, okay, do whatever you want to. And one of his best friends... We lived in California and his friend lived in Georgia. And he said, I want to, I want to put it together. And I said, fine, well, let him do whatever he wants to. He was real active with this in theater. He was a physician, but he also was an actor and a singer. And that was my, my husband was a philosopher and also an actor and a singer. And so they, they had a whole lot in common. He created the most amazing thing you could imagine. He, He took the play, Our Town. And he became the stage manager in our town and did the the whole production like it was a production of our time town. And he would have people come in and play different wow. parts and sing and play music. And wow. it it was 
spectacular. I wish we would have recorded it so that I could have seen it better because I wasn't quite all all there with it that day, but it was amazing. And the thing that I thought about afterwards is I so wish Jacques could have had some idea of how, and then I thought he must know. (laughs) He must know. He must know. But at the same time, it would have been so cool to do something like that before he died instead of after, you know? I I, I, I think pre-services, pre-celebrations are a really good idea. <laughs> exactly. And I, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that it's become a little bit more commonplace for people to do, you know, what are they living funerals or living mm-hmm. memorials, whatever you call them that, you know, I'm all for that. You know, my, my philosophy is really, it's like celebrating other people and celebrating ourselves. Like they, they go hand in hand as well. You know, there's really no separation when we're talking about, you know, celebration. And so I love that you told that story too, because right, it's so easy to see like, how beautiful is that? And the other thing that I want to add to that is that often also people might wait until, well, I'll wait and do that on his 60th or 70th birthday or his 80th is coming up. And gosh, I, all the stories I have of like, it was too late then, right? Mm-hmm. You know, one of my favorite stories about, um, I think you know about the love list, which is mm-hmm. in my book. This is just, I'll simply say, because it's very easy. It's my favorite thing to do for people is a list of specific reasons we love someone. Doesn't cost any money to do. It can be funny or sweet or sexy or anything. Anyone could do it. There could be two items or a hundred. But the thing is that someone in my community had heard me talk about it at one point. And her husband was turning 53 and she and the kids and everybody made love lists and they were just jumped right into it because they thought it was a great idea. And he cried when he got them. He was so touched. He was the kind of man that just, you know, hearing those things was so important to him. He had a heart attack two months later and died. Oh, wow. Just out of nowhere. Like, right. They didn't see it coming. It, you know, it it's so, it still kind of takes my breath away when I think about that. But that one of the things she wrote to me after he died and said, you know, we're so glad that we did that. He, you know, we told him all the reasons we loved him and he, you know, he cried and he was so happy to, to get that love from us. It was like a real moment. If they had said, well, let's wait till his 55th. Yeah. 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 Do it now. <laughs> Say it now. Do it now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I That reminded me of something I did for Ron, my other husband who died. Yeah. I wanted to do something really special for him for Valentine's Day, and I didn't want it to be corny. And I just wanted it to be really special. And I came up with this idea of I was going to get a journal. It, it was a real attractive journal. It was black and had this red heart on it. And it just it looked very masculine and, and really nice. Yeah, yeah. And it had a little over 100 pages in it. And what I did, I started, took me a while. I started early. I wrote 100 reasons why I love you. And so each page had a different oh. reason. And he didn't read it all at once. He, he said, I don't, I don't want to read it all at once. <laughs> you yes. know, he'd, he'd just pick it up and read it a page at a time. And and he just loved that. And it's it's like your love list. I just put it in a journal. <laughs> it's what totally, right? And and Emily, I'm so glad you said that because there's actually a, more than a thousand. I was going to say a thousand ways, but the, the love list can be presented in so many ways. You know, like if 
one of my favorite things to say, especially now, you know, with the whole people are still feeling kind of isolated and a lot of people are still not out that much. You could send a postcard a week with something that you love about someone, especially to someone who's homebound, right? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I'll attach them to, if I'm seeing someone in person, I'll bring, you know, a dozen flowers and I'll put, you know, attach a love list item to each stem. Or if it's for a a young child, I might do on, you know, $5 bills or $1 bills. You know, you could really just be creative. And it makes, to me, it makes any thing that you're already doing, you know, I put them in Easter eggs sometimes in those plastic eggs. It makes anything have like that added meaning, you know? So I I just love that you did that. And I bet you could tell me this, but I bet it was such a joy to make. Oh, Wasn't it? oh, yeah. I kept saying, oh, I can say this and I can say this. And you know, <laughs> I kept writing myself little notes so that I'd not leave anything out that I wanted to be sure to include. And it was really cool to me to see the strength of our relationship that wow. I could write a hundred different things. Yes. Well, and you know, um, the very first love list I ever made was when I was in my 20s, actually. Don't know how the idea came in, but my mom was turning 50. And the idea dropped in somehow to tell her 50 reasons I loved her. And at the time, my mom and I weren't even really that close. Now I were super close. And I actually credit that loveless with a lot of it. But I thought and thought and thought just like you did. And I actually ended up coming with, up with 100 things. You know, and I told her that. I said, well, I was going to do 50, but, you know, too many things I love about you. And that changed our relationship. Because I think exactly what you said is I was at that stage, you know, where I, you know, when you're younger, you don't really see your parents as real people, Mm -hmm. but it forced me in doing that love list. I saw so many things about sacrifices she'd made or ways that she had given us freedom to be who we are, or, you Mm -hmm. know, like I saw, and, and it really, it, before she even got it, it changed our relationship. And then I think, of course, once she received it, because just like you said, it um, that's what's so great about it is a tool that appreciates a relationship, but also cultivates mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah. So, yeah. I And you reminded me of another thing, too, uh, while I wrote my book. A um, good friend of my husband's died about seven months after he did. He just dropped dead. And he was much, much younger than my husband. He called him dad. So there was a big age gap. And I was so worried about his wife because I knew she hadn't thought about something like this happening at all. And it should be kind of kind of lost. So I wrote her a letter right away with the things that that she that I wanted her to know that she should pay attention to right then and the things to not worry about because there's, you know, everybody comes, well, you got to do this and you got to do that. Right, right, right. This is simple. Just, you know, follow this. And she told me that that helped her so much that I thought I've got to do more. So I decided to write her a, a little card that I made every week for a year. And I take pictures all the time with my phone here in in Hawaii. And so I've got these beautiful, especially flower and beach pictures. And so I had something different I could put on each one of those little notes. And I I thought of things that, well, what at this point, like six months later, what what would be the issue? And I thought before I did it, it committed to that. I needed to sit down and see if I had 52 different things that I could say. So (laughs) I did sit down and write it out. And I was surprised at how easily it flowed. And when I finished writing the list, I thought, this is an outline for a book. 
And that's where my book came from. And you know what, um, Emily, the first time I met you, I think I was interviewing you and you mm-hmm. told me that story. And I, to this day, I still like, when you tell that, I just get chills. And I remember that, like, that was, that was when I was just like, I love this woman, right? Like the fact that the fact that you did that and I, I could feel just hearing about it, the impact, you know, like, and I think, you know, it's one of those things you were doing it specifically around grief, which is huge and so necessary. But I also just want to remind people, right. That like the art of letter writing, and it doesn't have to be a long letter. It can be two sentences. It can be a photograph that you find that you put in an envelope. It can be like you said, you take a photo of a beautiful flower and then you send it to someone. Like, I just think we have really lost that joy of opening up the mailbox, mm-hmm. you know, and then there, there's somebody's handwritten card or, you know, I, I'm such a big advocate for, for doing things like that because uh, we need that. Yes. And I can only imagine like, it's always wonderful, but to have you on the other end of these regular, consistent weekly, mm-hmm. you know, necessary letters. Yes. It, so it, it's huge. And I, I've kind of converted it around to, to using the same principle for other things. With that one in particular, when my book came out, I asked people that I, I knew to do a little video that we could string all together and use at the book launch since it had to be yeah. online because it was right in the middle of COVID. <laughs> right, right, right. have one in person. And Lori, this person that I wrote those cards for, did one for me. And she was sitting in her backyard and she picked up this handful of cards. She had every card oh. that I had written to her in her hand. Oh, and, oh, oh. I, thought, so I, I, I know I did a good thing. So I, from that, I've thought of other people. One of my good friends has had, uh, has dealt with cancer twice. Seriously, both times it was, we were very grateful that she lived. And then her husband got really sick and she was dealing with, with coping with him. And I was, I was thinking, what can I possibly do? And she kind of solved it for me and everybody else that she sent out this message. She said, I know you're all trying to be supportive. Right, right, right. But what I really need now is some lightness from somewhere. So could you send me like a joke? Oh, oh I love that. <laughs> and we, everybody got into it and we're sending her and finding clean jokes, you know, because <laughs> I'm, I'm not a joke person. I don't, I don't tell jokes. And I thought, well, I'll just look online. I can find some jokes. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I did find some good ones, and everybody else did, too. And she said it was just so nice. She'd, she'd open up her, her phone or her email, and she'd start laughing because somebody was always sending her something funny and light. That is beautiful, right? Anybody can use that, mm-hmm. you know? It doesn't and cost it reminds, a thing. <laughs> it reminds me of another one that I love, which is also kind of related, which is when my mother turned 80... She was grieving. We had a loss in our family. We had a death in our family. And she didn't want to do anything, you know, right then. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want her birthday to go unnoticed. And so I had put out to um, everyone who I know who knows her, or I actually also put it out to my own community, my Simply Celebrate community, because a lot I write about my mom a lot because I love her so much. And I asked people to just send her a loving card. And 
she, the same thing, like, it's funny because I thought of that when I, when you did that thing about picking up all the cards, she got about, it was 250 or 300 cards. Wow. <laughs> they didn't all come at once, which was good. They came over like a couple weeks, but every day she would go to her mailbox and it would be filled with cards. And a lot of people, I didn't ask them to do this, but they would repeat to her some things they'd learned about her from me. You know, like kindness, because she's a very, very kind and giving person. You would love her. And they would repeat back to her, like, you know, your daughter told us about this. Your daughter told us about that. And I call it a birthday card bonanza because anybody can do it, right? You can invite all the people who know someone. And, you know, the thing about that that's so nice, too, is, again, it doesn't cost a lot of money, but it has a big impact. And I... A lot of my gifts ideas in the book uh, say it now. I, you know, most of them don't cost. It's not about the money. Mm-hmm. It's really just about the creativity. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's really special. I, I you keep reminding me of all this good stuff. So <laughs> I know this is supposed to be your show, but <laughs> I keep sticking these things in. I have. Uh, we do something here in Maui called Produce Share. And it it started from when we first moved here and we have had lots of stuff growing on our property. We had mangoes and bananas and lily koi and all this, tons of it. And there were two of us. <laughs> I said, wow. what are we going to do with all this stuff? So I put a, a notice on a, an app called Nextdoor yeah. and and send it out to people in my area. And I said, I've got all this stuff I really want to give away, but why don't we share? If you've got like something different that you could come and share and we won't exchange any money. It's not like a farmer's market. It's just supporting each other. We've been doing that now for seven years, every Friday night from five to six. And even through the pandemic, we still had a core that had been there from the beginning that uh, there's like seven of us who would mask and socially distance and we put our stuff on the table and then go back and you know and be able to share that sort of thing and one of the women that was very active in that for a long time had chickens and she'd bring us bring us these fabulous eggs every week and sometimes she was so funny she loved animals she had had dogs and cats and chickens she even would bring her chicken to produce share on a leash (laughs) never saw such a thing before but the chicken seemed to enjoy it (laughs) So she has is now dealing with metastatic cancer and uh, not doing real well. She had to move off of the island. Oh. And so what all of her produce share friends have been doing is sending her texts, the funny animal texts, because she oh. loves animals so much. So whenever we run across one of those really adorable, funny animal texts, we'll just text it to her so that she's in the hospital now and she can, she can, she might not be talking on the phone, but she can look at those and smile or laugh or know that we're thinking of her. Emily, and you know what I love so much about that is something that to me is one of the most important elements of loving people or appreciating people is taking that time to think about who they really are, mm-hmm. right? Like, because it's it's great that you're sending those animal, you know, things to her, but underneath it is also the layer of, we see you, mm-hmm. we know who you are, we see your love of animals. And so that gets reinforced. And to me, like, I think that's one of the most beautiful things we can do because in this mad dash world, you know, oftentimes everything's so fast and we're not even sure if anyone's hearing us. Mm-hmm. 
But it's like what you're pointing to is this way of really seeing people, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, I will often say that and I do believe it's true. I think that's the best gift of all is is to be able to let someone know that we see them and we love exactly who they are. That's yeah. so important. Is it, it it can be lonely out there and be really lonely out there. For all of us. Yeah, all of us at different times in your life. It it just can make all the difference in the world for somebody to just send you a text that just says, I'm thinking of you. You know, it doesn't cost any money, hardly takes any time, but it can make a world of difference for people. It can. And my favorite um, little twist on that, which you probably read in the book, but I always like to say this to people because it takes just about 10 seconds more, is the voice note, right? Mm. To send someone. So a voice note, then they get to hear Right. And I will often like if I pass something like I have a friend, we love carousels. And if I happen to pass one and the music's playing in the background, I'll turn on my my voice recorder. You know, listen, I'm thinking of you. I love you. Remember that time when we were in, you know, Central Park and we rode the carousel, whatever. Boom. You know, I can take 20 seconds. But they get those added, you know, the the sound of your voice and the sounds behind you can be really delightful. I'll often, mm-hmm. I'll play songs, old songs for people. Oh, yeah. When you can find find a song that there's some meaning and you send it to somebody. I just did that yesterday. You did? Yeah. I, oh, what? Uh, well, I was listening. I listened to this. This uh, A friend of mine has something she calls Sunday Devotionals, uh, Ricky Byers. She's fabulous singer songwriter really really good and her music's really really cool and I was listening to it on on Sunday and I heard this one song that because she has a she has a band that plays along with her and backup singers and the whole works it's and it's full of energy and just beautiful stuff and there was this one song and I thought of this friend of mine who lives across the country from me and I just had this feeling that she needed to hear that song Oh, and it was they they record these Sunday um, things that they do. It's two hours every Sunday. But I wasn't sure that that song and I knew it wasn't recorded exactly the way they performed it that day. That was just off the charts. So I paid attention where in the recording it was. Oh, <laughs> and I, I wrote a note to my our email to my friend and said and she she knows this singer, too, and she likes her a lot. Uh, and I said, go to this recording at this spot on the recording and listen to this song because I think you need to hear it today for some reason. Uh, This morning I got it back. She goes, you don't know how much I needed to hear that song today. It it means the world to me that you gave me that right now. Emily, right? Like it didn't cost a cent, you know? (laughs) Right. And the thing is, again, you know, the thing that I want to say that I know you know this, but to point out, you know, you didn't say, oh, yeah, yeah, let me write that down on my to-do list and I'll do that next week because it's never going to happen probably, right? Mm -hmm. And also when we do it in that moment, there's like an energy, you know, you're connected to her and somehow that gets sent. I know it does, right? Like that there's a beautiful energy and boom, you did it and she needed it. I love that. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was just just gorgeous. Just so, so special. No, I was just going to say, because it's like, this is, I love this conversation, right? Because this is my favorite thing to talk about, which is especially, I think we all got to see through the pandemic, 
really how important our relationships are. And I think most people I know, like really came out of the pandemic feeling like, wow, I, I want to spend more time nurturing my relationships, deepening them, caring for people. And everything that we're talking about is about that kind of thoughtfulness that does deepen relationships. Mm-hmm. It may sound silly or light or not that consequential, but it's not. Every time we do something like the things you're talking about or that I'm sharing, it's like it's like sending a, a lifeline out to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You never know when it was exactly what they needed at the exact right time. And you you don't even need to know why it was. Right. Just the, the instinct of paying attention to your inspiration and acting on it is is tremendous. It's I, such I a love gift. I love that you said it that way too, right? Because I think we it's a mysterious big world that we live in. You know, and and I often, like many years ago, actually, I just dedicated myself to if an idea came in, I felt like it was my marching orders. Even if I didn't understand it or it felt weird or I was uncomfortable or it was too vulnerable, I just would feel like, you know what? That's mine to do because something came to me and said, reach out to this person and tell them this or reach out and send them this book. Or, And I can't tell you like, it's there's something magical, mysterious, mysterious that happens, right? Where I think we do get marching orders. Mm-hmm. I, I think so too. I, I know all the work that I'm doing now is is inspired. I didn't say, okay, now what is it that I'm going to do? <laughs> you know, it just it was inspired. The the grief and ah. happiness alliance that I have that meets every wow. Sunday. Those meetings are so powerful and so wonderful. And it wasn't something that I just thought, well, I've got to create a way to do this. It was like, here it is. Do it. Yes. It's it's wonderful. Wow. Wow. And there you are saying, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. You know, showing up, being willing, bringing so much of who you are into it all. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's really quite wonderful. And, And to pay attention to people in your lives that you may not realize the significant connection with. Yeah. And I, I was just thinking about, for me, Marcy Shymoth. I don't know if you know who Marcy I do. is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She wrote the book. One of the things that she did was write the book, Happy for No Reason. And I read that after Jacques died. It had just come out. And it really helped me because oh. I, I thought, what do I have to be happy about? My wow. husband died. Wow, but it, right. it kind of changed my looking at it. And so when I um, had written my book after Ron died, I was again kind of looking at my life and saying, okay, something's missing here. I'm glad I'm doing this work about grief, but there's more to it. And about then, I get this email about, Marcy Shymoff has this happy for no reason, a certified trainer program. Oh, and I said, well, there it is. So (laughs) I took it and became a certified happiness trainer so that I can use all of her research, all of her happiness practices, everything, any way I want to use them to help other people. Wow. And when she found out what I was doing with it, with the, both the Grief and Happiness podcast and the um, Grief and Happiness Alliance, she asked to be on my podcast. She did? 
Yeah, it was a great episode. And she was so thrilled that something that she did was affecting people through me in a a totally different way than she'd ever thought of before. And I was so thrilled that she had affected me with happiness the way that she has. It really put a whole different take on all that I'm doing. I I know you mentioned how you like grief and happiness. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That it's I think it's it's what the world needs now. And, you know, it was paying attention, you know, putting it out there. Yeah, I need something. And then paying attention when it comes. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing I love about that, which is a little bit of a different thing, but I want to say it because I think this is also really important about appreciation. And it is that when we hear music, when we read books, when we see something, when we watch a video, it's so easy now to reach out to the people who have put that creativity out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be, I used to be, and I still do this a lot because I like to send letters, as I already said, I'm a big mail person. And so I will track down their publicist usually and try and send something in the mail. Mm-hmm. But to, to just throw this out to people, to pause and just take the time to say, this really meant something to me. Your work really impacted me because and I know you know this as, as an artist and writer and creator out there. It's so connecting when someone tells you, you know, that something that you've you've done really impacted them. Like, obviously, you and Marcy had the chance, you know, to, mm-hmm. to have that mutual admiration. But, uh, yeah, I think that that's also something that we forget is really simple to do. And it could be, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, someone, you know, a, an author or a, an artist. It could also be the clerk at the pharmacy, who Mm -hmm. smiles every time you go in, you know, I love to send letters to people's managers and just say, you know, do you know that Dwayne, every single time I see him lights up my day? Yeah. That's so important. People are so surprised when they get something like that. You know, the manager will go, what's he paying her? (laughs) (laughs) Just because people aren't, aren't, they don't live in that, that world. And it, it kind of opens them up. To that sort of thing that it's okay to to praise people to be happy with people and to give them recognition for the good things that they do right because we live in a world where unfortunately at least where i live most of the sort of general news you know that's out there they've got to sell ads and so it's negative and it's complaining and there's just a lot of um negativity and i just feel like if we can be the voice you know, to be that that surprising voice of of affirmation and appreciation. It's such a nice thing in the world. We need oh, yeah. it. Yeah, we we really do. And there's no reason not to. No excuse. That's right. <laughs> well, one thing I want to say, because I always do like to say this when I talk about these things, it can be vulnerable. It can mm-hmm. be vulnerable to I know that sounds maybe silly to some people, but other people are going to get this because that that's, you know, it's like we're not in a culture where we're used to saying, oh, my gosh, Emily, holy cow. Like, I'm just thank you for letting me be here today because your presence has just uplifted me. You know, your smile and this conversation is so amazing. We're not in a culture that really does that. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're with you know, your friends or your practice, even even sending like a love list or sending a note, you know, that can be vulnerable. And I like to tell people that's okay. Push past the vulnerability Mm -hmm. because it's going to feel sometimes like, oh my gosh, what if I see Dwayne and then he's gotten this card and now it's going to be awkward, but it's not, it's going to be more loving. 
Mm-hmm. There's going to be more connection, even though it can be a little awkward. Yeah, it's it's so important. I We just all can be more loving. We can all be more expressive. We can all smile more. Smiles make all the difference in the world. Oh. And so many people just don't don't do it. I didn't really smile for years. I did, it wasn't that I was unhappy. It's just it wasn't part of my framework. And boy, wow. when I started smiling, it made such a difference in my life. It's like everything blossomed, everything opened up and and is more beautiful than it, it, oh, it was before. So really? smiling is a, is a big deal. And I didn't realize it because I didn't even realize I wasn't smiling that much until wow. somebody pointed it out to me. And I thought, I smile. <laughs> <laughs> but I started looking at myself in the mirror as I'd walk by and I go, well, wasn't smiling then. <laughs> you know, that, you know, what a great point, because also I, I call them touch points. These just like moments of connection with people. And in my life, these are oftentimes like they do make life sparkle. Is it just a touch point? It's just a smile or it's just a like, you know, oh, my gosh, I love your fuchsia shirt or, you know, whatever it is that it's a it's a connection. Mm-hmm. And I think we often forget how much we need that and how yes. much how much energy we get. Like if you're walking down the street and I see you, you know, I'm imagining you smiling at me, then we have a. We have an energy exchange Mm -hmm. and, and then you carry that away with you. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. And, you know, if, when you're really down about something, if somebody can hold your hand and smile at you, it it can make, it can break you open. It can make all the difference in the world. Right. And I think, you know, I'm so glad you said that because when I think about when I said that, you know, which is why I love the name of your podcast, I'm always thinking of the ways that we go from grief to celebration. And we never know the people that were passing on the street. We never know what so many people, what they could be going through. And what you just said is so important to that. It's like that smile. I, I know this when I have been in a place of loss and just, you know, really just feeling broken open Mm -hmm. and somebody is kind to me it it's like a laser beam of love like you just feel it and I think we we also forget that that it's like Mm -hmm. it's no small thing really no small thing it's life force somehow you know it's what we're here for what what it's all about Mm, yeah it is Wow. Well, I have just absolutely adored talking to you. You're, you're just so much fun. And I love the light you bring to the world and, and to all the people that you touch. It's mm. it's just so special. And I'm, I'm glad to know you and be able to have this kind of a conversation and, and spread the joy, so to speak, and bring a lot more happiness into the world. So thank you. Emily, thank you. This has really, truly been a gift. Really. It is, we know this, right? It's the, the greatest gift is our presence. And I feel like you've just been 100% here and engaged and we're getting to share in things. And it's like, I'm leaving now after talking to you, I'm, I'm feeling uplifted, right? Great. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And everybody, be sure you get a, a copy of her delightful little book. It's it's small, so it doesn't take a long time to read. <laughs> and I actually keep it on my desk and refer to it every once in a while because it, it's just delightful. 
Yeah. Um, it, uh, anything that makes you feel good, it's kind of worth it, I think. So thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. And I'll see all my listeners next week. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode.